Northern Lasses podcast. We are recording on the 27th of May today. Um, we're still in lockdown, but the sun's shining. So um, got to look at the positives. Um, obviously here with Michelle and we've got a guest with us who we'll introduce to you two in a second. But just before we do that, Michelle, I believe you missed out on a big trip last weekend. Yeah, I did. Um I actually studied part of my degree in southern Denmark um, a long time ago. Um, And we were in the class of 90 when we graduated from there. And we were supposed to all meet up in London for our 30-year reunion. So that's people from all over the world that were coming together for uh, just for a get together and um, some I've not seen for 30 years some I saw five years ago at our 25 year reunion so yeah a bit of a disappointment we were supposed to have a bit of a get together in London and actually we ended up getting on a zoom call um which was really a lot of fun um it was sort of late afternoon so the sort of European attendees were all had a glass of wine or a beer and then the US attendees were sort of um on coffee and and just breakfasty type stuff so yeah but it was it was sort of nice to see everybody on video but obviously not the same weekend that we planned and we're gonna have to reschedule for for next year now so yeah yeah so you will reschedule yeah what about you well it's getting to that time isn't it where things that should have been happening aren't happening so last weekend there was supposed to be in newcastle because it would have been the rugby league magic weekend which is where all the games are played in one stadium over the course of the bank holiday weekend. So it's just a complete piss up. Um, <laughs> so we missed out on that. And then next weekend, I'm supposed to be in Nurka in Spain for my mate's 40th. Oh. And we're not going, so... Well, on a positive, I've just looked at the weather forecast for the weekend and it is actually going to be cracking the flags on... Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you might feel like you're in Nurka, but you'll be in sunny Huddersfield. I've not got my Nurka body. I've got my lockdown body on. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) We're not good. So on a number of counts, that's probably as well then that we're not going to get the the bikini body out. Um, Yeah. Oh, well, what a shame. Um, Anyway, we've got a guest with us today and it is Fiona Connor, who I met three four months ago at we were both um part of something called pitch fest leads which is where startup businesses go to um basically learn how to um gain investment for the business and um try and get investment um fiona is a mum of two she is managing director of trust electric heating and she's not got just one degree, she's actually got two degrees. Uh, so welcome, Fiona. Welcome, thank you for having me, ladies. Yeah, do you know what? You're always so full of energy. And, and when we first met at, um, at, in Leeds that day, I was feeling pretty down about the whole, you know, going for investment for the business. And I sort of felt like I'd done all the rounds and I said, right, this is the last ditch attempt to get some investment in. And and you were the first person that I met out of the twenty seven businesses that were there, and um, and you're full of energy, and you just just brought a bit of light into into where I was right at that time, 
and um and I said to myself right I'm sitting next to her and we sat together and we giggled the whole way through the different days that we had to attend and we had a laugh didn't we yeah well they tried to split us up didn't they they tried to get us all on different things we were like the naughty girls on the back of the bus you know the naughty girls in school but um, yeah. there were best ones in there Michelle though we were best ones in there we made it right the way through so well, well we did you did make it to the final I didn't quite make the final, but I've got to say, in my defence, I was in a room with some absolutely top businesses, and, and you'll agree with me, won't you? There were some cracking ideas in there, including oh, yours. Yeah. Um, so we know that I've, I've mentioned Trust Electric Heating, and we'll get back to that. Um, I believe that you started your working career in, in sales. Do you want to sort of talk to us about that? Yeah, I, I really, I mean, I'm a frustrated actress, really. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an actress, but things went a little bit awry and then you don't know what you want to do. So I always fancied being a stripper or working in a supermarket. So that would have been quite a nice, interesting uh, thing to happen. Um, after watching Gypsy Rose Lee, you see, I always fancied being a bit of a stripper, but I haven't got a stripping body either, especially after lockdown. Mine's horrendous. So I decided, I fell into sales. Um, I worked at Russell and Bromley and I worked there as a Saturday girl to begin with. And then I ended up as um, deputy supervisor of the kids department, fitting smelly shoes on kids, posh kids' feet, which was uh, interesting. But I wanted to move out at 18. So I decided to get another job and I decided to sell double glazing on a night. So I used to work during the day at Russell and Bromley and on a night I used to leg it near Leeds Market and go uh, make appointments for double, uh, double glazing over the phone. You know, hi, Mr. Smith, you know, you need some windows, da 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 da. And that was really hard at that particular time. But I did two jobs. And then I worked for Vodafone when Vodafone had first, there was Selnet and Vodafone, they first come on the market as telesales. When the, when the phones were in cases, you had to open the case and get the phone out with the big wires, you know, and put Ariel up and everything. They were amazing. Um, and then I went to Yorkshire Post and I started at Yorkshire Post, started my career, and I was there for a good 11, 12 years at Yorkshire Post. Uh, started off as Tallis. Just a minute, Fiona. Jane, you've got a connection to the Yorkshire Post. Well, yeah, I did work at the Yorkshire Post as well. Um, what year would it be? 1992, maybe, for a couple of years. Yeah, that'd be about right. I worked in the legal department, but you worked in sales, didn't you? Yeah, so I left in 97. So I worked in classified to begin with. And then I was sort of like promoted upstairs, which was never done really. Both departments, just the front half of the paper advertising, the back half never really got on. It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a coup really for me. Is that display and classified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's display and classified. Yeah. So my dad worked at Yorkshire Post at that time as well then. Um, Mike Lydiard. Oh, I worked for Mike. Yeah. And he had, when he came, and we used to have to go through the door for breaks and everything, he put a big sign up on the um, on the wall, because they all come from Preston and, and, and all over the place. Yeah. And the sign was, Carpe Diem, seize the day. I still, I still remember now. 
Yeah. He still says that now. Yeah, but isn't it funny that I was 18 then, 18, 19, that I still remember that because I'm now the tender age of 50. It's funny, isn't it, how <laughs> certain things stick with you? Yeah. And what's even funnier is that my husband worked there at that time. Oh, did he? But I think he was doing, I think he was selling space on uh, Leeds Weekly News. Yes, he was, because he's told me this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a small world. Anyway, sorry, Fiona, we interrupted you there. No, no, no. And no, did no you, problem. Fiona, did you used to go to the, I can't remember, there was a hotel next door. Wigan Pen. Wigan Pen. Pile in there on a Friday after yeah. work. Yeah, loved it. And we always used to get the, well, my dad didn't. My dad would leave me in Leeds. And I'd get the train back to Huddersfield and go to a nightclub in my work clothes. <laughs> well, I, I, were, I were the same because we used to have to work on a Saturday morning. I remember going in there one night with everybody. Then we carried on through town and I was in my work clothes. And we just carried on down the street, Wellington Street, pub after pub after pub. And I remember going home on the last bus, the 44. I must have gone to sleep because I found myself in the terminus. And they said, terminal, you know, and they said, you want to get off? And I had to walk back. And then it was like early hours of the morning. And then I couldn't get home. So I slept in this field, right? I woke up in the morning and got back on the 44, back to work to start my shift at half past eight, hung over, still in the same clothes. And I must say, girls, with a little bit of sick on my tights. I was like, but I was like, sat there. I had a big bump on my head because I, I must have bumped myself as I was bending to be sick or something. Big bump on my head. And I was there doing morning shift. <laughs> it were allowed in those days. You were allowed to be. I mean, they smoked at the desk. It was a bit naughty then, you know. Very different. Yeah, it was. I wish that I'd met you when I were 18, Fiona. <laughs> no, you don't. You've had a lucky escape. I think I'm worse now at 50. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did you stay at Yorkshire Post for? Well, I stayed there for 11 years but the big thing for me is I worked in classified and there was a job upstairs and it was funny because I remember your dad uh, Mike and somebody was going to get the job he this particular lad was going to get the job and because he was like a bit of a favourite, do, do you know what I mean? And I couldn't do what some of them did. I had to go home on a night. I couldn't stay out. You know, I couldn't play the game, so to speak. So I remember I went for the job because your dad um, and, and most of the managers there worked for a woman called Margaret Hilton, and she's fantastic. I mean, I remember when she came in in, in those short mini skirts. We weren't allowed to wear trousers when you're a woman. You had to look like a woman, you know. And I bloody loved her. She, she was, was really glam, wasn't she? Oh, I big, love her. Big head hair. Big curly hair. And then I made my hair curly. And all I wanted to do was get to the final interview so I could get my face in front of her so she would know who I was, that I was, you know, star for the future. And I remember going for the job and um, it was with a guy called Mike Pennington who's become a good friend. I've worked with him three times now. And... Um, I went up there and no one really else prepared, but one woman said to me, I was going for the job in classified. She went, I don't know why you're going for it, Fiona. She's because you're not going to get it. She said, you know, but I understand you might just need the experience. And, I, and, and it really knocked my confidence, but I thought, no, I'm going to go for it. So 
her saying that to me made me prepare more. So we had flip charts in those days. There were no computers. So I got my pens out, went home, drew my flip chart. I remember walking into Mike's office, not your dad, the other Mike. Walked in and said to him, before I start, I need to show you that I'm more, I'm more than a gob on legs. Let's go through it. Anyway, I got to the next interview and I got the job. And it was massive. It was like brilliant earning life for me. It was amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's brilliant. Fun. Yeah, and I left there. Did you want me to continue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I left there. I really, really liked it. But I got bored. I got bored of doing the same thing all the time. And I, I, I just think as a woman, you're on like this constant journey, aren't you? And you never arrive. You know, you just want to continue, don't you? So I went, I went for an interview with a company called L NTL, based in Huddersfield. They were table tell at the time. And I went to be their, uh, one of their managers selling TV advertising. I remember going for the job and then going down to London for my final interview. And I worked there and I worked there for about four years before um, everything went digital because everything was analog then and they shut everything down. Um, and then I had to work for myself because I was pregnant um, and I thought no one wants to take a pregnant woman on. And I didn't go for a job and not tell anyone I was pregnant. And I worked for myself for a year as a consultant and I went into companies. It was really fascinating in and out of companies, working with them on motivation and HR and things like that. And then I got offered a job uh, working in an email marketing company when email marketing was in its infancy as their sales director. And it was great. Absolutely great. A media company. <laughs> yeah, so how do, you get, how do you get from that to what you're doing now? Is, is, there, is there other things in between or is that when you yeah. set up? Yeah, well, I worked, I worked in the email marketing company and it was really hard because they didn't have any women. It was, it was a very tough culture. They didn't have any women there. And it was, it, it, it was just very, very difficult. And I worked there. And when I left there, I went to work in exhibitions. And I stayed there for a couple of years. And we lost somebody in our family, which sort of like makes you look at your life and think, why am I going up and down the M1 all the time? I was always seeing accidents and thought, if I continue like this, I'm going to be an accident. So we lost somebody. Then I thought, right, we need to change it. And we sat down. Everything happens over a glass of wine in our house or maybe a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> and, um, we sat down and I said, I said to my husband, I said, do you know what I want to do? He says, what? I said, I want to be a drama teacher because I've always wanted to act. I went to a drama school as a kid. I was on television as a kid. You know, I did loads of TV and things like that. And I thought, I want to go back to doing it. And nobody's found me yet. What's happening? Um, <laughs> this could be you. Yeah, well. You and Jane have got something in common because she starred in Panto. Oh, well, I run my little amateur dramatic society in Village. Yes, I love it. Slap me thighs, we're on this little call. <laughs> um, so I, 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 what do you call it? I, I had no A-levels. I've only got five O-levels. And I thought, gosh, how am I going to get to university? And I remember I had to do um, a mature entrance exam and I had to write an essay thousand word essay what it means to be human I thought bloody hell what does that mean anyway I wrote it and, and stuff like this and I've got some very clever friends who've got me punctuation and, and all that kind of thing 
and I put it in and I got asked to go for an interview. I remember sitting there with thousands of prospective students at Leeds Uni, which is a brilliant university, and looking around thinking, what's little old me doing here at 38, sat here at this university with five O-levels and all these clever academic kids? Anyway, we went, for the, we went for the interview and then you have to audition. So they put me in this group with these 18-year-olds and my topic was we had to be a whirlwind. Well, I was running around like the best of them. I was out of breath a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> pretending to be this whirlwind around the room and uh, physical theatre and all that kind of stuff. And then I got interviewed by a woman called um, Alice Grady, and she was fantastic. And she's younger than me. Um, and we just connected. And she, she asked me why I wanted to do it. I said, I need to change my life. I just need to change it. I need to discover myself. And I started at Leeds Uni, so I got accepted. And I was in a group with uh, another mature student, she told me. I'm mature as well, Fiona. I said, oh, lovely, how old are you? She says, 21. I said, try 38. So that was the age gap in the class. It was massive. And I remember we had to do our first essay and it took me months to write it. I thought, oh, we're at it for eight. I thought, it's bloody great. Put it in and I got the lowest score in class. And they were all writing there the night before. They were right clever. And um, then I just learned what to do, and I had a lot of help. A lot I got on with a lot of the tutors there. They really supported me. And then obviously I graduated. But at the same time as that, I didn't think I could have any more children. I just had my, my daughter, um, and she was really hard to get. You know, I suffered a lot. I lost two babies before I had Gia, and then I thought I'm never going to get pregnant. And I was being sick at university. And thinking, oh, it's because I'm financially stretched. I've given up my job. I've given up everything, my life, everything. And I was pregnant with my son. So not only were I 38, but I was a fat 38-year-old pretending to be a whirlwind at this particular point. In a good luck, ladies. Not a good luck. So, yeah, and then I finished my degree. Um, they offered me, um, I got a... a with the Arts Council who sponsored me to do my Masters. I stayed and did my Masters, which I absolutely loved. And I think it was better than my degree. It was just amazing. And then um, I went to do my PhD because in uh, learning disability, I wanted to do a drama web platform for people with learning disabilities. And I got through that. I went through my transfer. Everything was fine. And then my husband decided he was setting up a heating business. So I had to go back to work. So I went to work for my old boss. I went to Trinity Mirror. I ended up staying there for about three and a half years as their digital manager doing digital advertising, which I absolutely loved. But then my husband got an investor and they needed some spreadsheets, some Excel spreadsheets. So there we were. I had to go help and put forecasts together and then they said we'll give you an investment into your business but only if I came along so there goes drama there goes my stripping career working at Asda everything's gone and now I'm selling pieces of metal trust electric <laughs> but they're not just pieces of metal are they Fiona and actually I feel like you've conned me a little bit because when we did pitch fest 
she got up and she did a presentation. We used to do these 30 second pictures and then we had to do this five minute presentation. And she was just brilliant. And you were really articulate and just full of life. And now I understand why, because you've got that amateur dramatics um, background. Uh, oh, dramatics, not amateur, not always amateur, sorry. Um, but anyway, and I think you're brilliant at presenting. Um, it's, it doesn't mean that you're not nervous though, Michelle. No, 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 it doesn't. We were quaking inside. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also know through Pitchfest what your brilliant product is. Um, but Jane doesn't know and um, and our listeners don't know. And, and I think when we were on Pitchfest, you said that you were trying to put the sexy back into radiators. Yeah, that's right. So we used to import a German radiator and my husband, who's also a director in the business, is very inventive. He's a bit of a butterfly brain, you know, he's very creative, not organised, goes off, thinks of things. I've had pieces of metal pinned to my walls in the house, things coming from all over in different countries, trying to work out how to make radiators work. And he designed a radiator. And it's fabulous. He's worked in electric heating most of his most of his life, and he designed, took all the radiators and designed what we have today. And our radiator is the only radiator on the marketplace. Let me tell you now, everybody. <laughs> it's got a personality. It's got a name. It's called the Neos, which means new. And what he did is when he invented it we got the pattern knocked back and it was all knocked back and we were selling it before we'd even made one. <laughs> you know, we were that excited and knew it was going to be happening and all this kind of thing. And um, suddenly he had it knocked back, the pattern. I remember him ringing me and he was coming from somewhere near Huddersfield actually. And he rang me and he said, I said, oh, how's it gone with the pattern lawyers? He said, we can't do it. I said, what do you mean? We can't do it. He says, we can't do it. He said, we can't have that pattern. It's there. And I just felt like I'd given up everything and my dream was just going, you know, and I thought I was going down drain here. So anyway, by the time he got back, because he's such a butterfly brain, he'd come up with a new idea for the back. He created the back of the radiator very, very differently, where it's got like dimples like an egg box at the back. And it's got two pieces of metal and there are pearls in these egg, um, egg boxes, which means that the air takes ages to get through. And when it comes to the top, it's red hot and it warms your room up faster than most of the radiators on the marketplace. And what he didn't realise, because he was forced down this route, he'd created what they call cool wall technology. So you know like you've got a radiator in your house. The front of it looks the same as the back. And if you put your hand down the back, you have so much energy being lost into the wall. Mm -hmm. So in the olden days, people in flats used to put pieces of metal behind or pieces of foil behind. Yeah, that's right. Deflect it back in. Yeah. So our radiator only loses 5% of the energy. So everything you're paying for goes out in heat. You don't lose anything into the back wall, which is brilliant. And he didn't realise that he'd, he'd done that. He didn't realise that he'd created that. And it was absolutely fabulous. And we've made it out of recyclable materials, which is great. And then last year, um, we launched a thermostat for universities with Bluetooth um, controls in it. So um, that's very, very clever energy saving. 
um, with an app and, and, and everything else. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's great because now I feel we've got a real sexy product. And for me as a woman in this industry as well, it's very male dominated. So mm -hmm. to know about engineering and know about radiators when you're sat in a meeting, it's great. Don't is, it, to be sexist. <laughs> is it sexy because of what it does or the way it looks or how clever it is? Um, or everything. The way it looks is, is lovely. Aesthetically, which was really important to me, that for my husband it was about performance. And a lot of the German stuff is fantastic, but they're very bulky. They're very bulky, they're very square. But what we wanted is something very slim. So it's the slimmest one on the marketplace uh, with, a, with a stone inside. So I haven't explained that actually. I've been a bit rubbish there. But inside the radiator is we have a volcanic rock called soapstone. And that's the only thing we import from Germany. And basically what happens is when your heater reaches 22 degrees, it turns off. But the stone inside the rock will continue emitting heat for another 20 minutes without costing you any more. So we've just done a load of tests with Huddersfield University. They're our big partner, fantastic uh, uni. And they've just done some tests. And out of that test, we, we are probably about 59.4% more effective um, than anybody else. So in a six hour period, most teachers use six hours we only use two hours 40 so yeah but it's sexy with everything he does it's got quad vex technology you know it's really i mean i've got a right good cheesy video on one of the websites on the neos website and um i love americans you see and it's an american voice about uh earth wind and fire you know because it's made out of aluminium which means that it can be recycled it comes from the earth you know, it's got the fire, which is obviously, you know, the soapstone and everything. And then the wind, which is obviously the quad-vex technology, you know. So it's, it, I'm trying to give it a story instead of, should we buy a heater? Oh, we'll talk to them about our heaters. It's interesting because um, I used really to work in me. Sorry, Jane. I worked in a similar industry up until what 18 months ago. I worked in um, tile industry for 15 years. And um, when I first started working in tiles, it, it was basically it were a beige square that made your wall waterproof. That's what it was. <laughs> Completely there to make your wall waterproof, not to look good. Um, and over the course of the 15 years I were there, we really worked really hard to make what is a commodity product like aesthetically pleasing and a desirable product that people want because the way it looks not because of what it does yes yeah and i think there's a lot of a lot of products around where you are a bit like yeah well it does this it does that well i don't care it looks shit i don't want it in my house so i think it's really yeah. important that that those type of products do look good and obviously have the whatever it was technology so and I think it's, I think it's about behaviour, isn't it? Because a lot of people, but the problem is with the heating industry, and you might find this later on with the industry you were in, it's become, it can, it is getting in the, it's getting to a point where it could be like a bit of a double glazing industry. You know, like the salespeople are in there and they, you know, everyone wants to sell a product, etc. And we rebranded ourselves as Trust because we were called Northern Heating to begin with. And we rebranded ourselves because we wanted to go out to the whole of the UK. 
But if you look at our sort of like logo on our website, the two T's have got like, um, they look like they've got arms, but they've got like little heads at the top. And we call it heating for humans. So instead of us just coming to sell you a heater, it's like, how do you behave, Jane? You know, what, what, what time does your husband come home? What that? Because we, we want to have a look at what is the best smart control around your heating that actually, ultimately, not only keeps you warm, but fits in with your life. And how yeah. that kind of actually, I'm quite excited about putting the heating on. And we've worked really hard. And, you know, I'm really proud of the team and, everything else I mean I'm not I'm not from a manufacturing background and I've had to learn I've had to learn that and there's some real lessons in that but I really love work you know I really do like the pieces of metal (laughs) brilliant I love that I love that and you you can tell that you do because you just you just ooze passion it's it's amazing I mean I know that this is a recording and I can see you at the moment and our listeners won't be able to see you, but I think just in your voice, I think it'll, that'll come across to, to our listeners. So it's, it is really nice to, to hear that. Oh, bless you. Yeah. And you've got to promise us, Fiona, that next time you come to Huddersfield University, when we're out of lockdown, that you'll meet us and we can go for a glass of wine. Well, I'll come on the train then. I'll come on the train. I don't know when to stop. Two glasses of wine then, eh? (laughs) We won't send you back on 44, though. No, don't send me back on 44. It doesn't end well. (laughs) The problem is, though, Fiona, I don't think we, as a three, make make a good threesome because none of us know when to stop. No. We're back to do a weekend. (laughs) A full weekend. full weekend. So how has it been for you in lockdown? Have you have you still managed to work through it or well, I find it very surreal because I always uh I always relate it to a bit like Shaun of the Dead. Have you seen it? You know, uh it's the Cornetto trilogy. It's quite interesting. It's quite a funny movie about zombies. Cause I always think if I look out on the front gate, somebody'll be like, hanging there, you know, with COVID or whatever. But I just think I'm, I know this is awful because, I, I, you know, the deaths are horrific and everything. We've known a couple of people who have um, obviously died of the, of, of the virus and everything, which is really sad, especially one of our big suppliers. And, but I think for us as a business, we have two choices. And that choice was either we could look at our feet or we could actually look at this as an opportunity of what can we do? And I have now been trying to get the company ready for Freedom Day. And when that comes, because it's going to come in stages or whatever, I'm really excited about, I've had the time of working on the business, not in the business, because I've sat back and I can think, right, okay, I need to change this digitally. I need to do this. I need to do that, et cetera. Um, And I've just become busy and I've taken as much sort of like free help as I can from mentors. I've I've joined a couple of mentoring programs. I'm mentoring another business as well. Uh, She's based in Harrogate. Great, great lady. And um, we decided over a glass of wine again, (laughs) um, me and my husband, we sat there one night and we said, the problem is, is when we've locked down, because we sell radiators with no income. We can't go into people's houses and sell them. Mm-hmm. And the construction industry are not open and nobody's buying radiators. They will do again, but not today. 
So what can we do? We need to have a business that it taught us that we need um, a regular income coming in, a monthly income. So what we decided to do is come up with a new idea. Um, and it's a new thermostat idea to do with, um, without going into detail, but confined adults, vulnerable and elderly, and it's called Cave. Brilliant name, isn't it? Cave. You're stuck in your cave. What we're going to do? <laughs> the most amazing idea. I can't tell you. And I'm not just saying that because we've made it. But there's nothing out there because with radiators that you probably won't know is everything has to be digital. If it's stuck to your wall, it has to be digital. But there's so many people who cannot use digital and smart technology. So it actually helps them. So we did it. And then I sat there and I thought, Oh, there's a grant. I've got two days to put it in, and it's with um, Innovate UK. And they had 20 million to give away, a 50,000 pound grant, so like 400 companies. So I thought, oh, optimistic. I'll put my name down to it. I mean, not many people do that in lockdown, but I thought, let's try and see what I can do. Put my name in, and 9,000 companies went for it. So I thought, well, we probably won't get it or whatever. And um, yeah, we've been awarded it. So, hey, so yes, so we're going to be start next week working on Cave. Yeah, fantastic. That's fantastic. And, and we always like to sort of come to the end of this segment on a positive note. So that's really great yeah. news. Um, we're now entering into the part of the podcast where we ask you some random questions from a card game that we've got Fiona. So... I'm going to shuffle, I'm seeing shuffling, and I'm going to sort of go through them, and when you tell me to stop, I'll stop and ask a question. Stop. Oh. What? And <laughs> I might know the answer to this. <laughs> what, what helps you feel better when you're upset or stressed? Do you know, I think it's my husband. Aww. No, I do, because, I, you know, he's the only person who really knows me. And he's, you know, always a positive place. He's the only real, I'm not saying I've got positive people around me, but he knows me. And he's very good, like, somebody upset me this week and he said, why are you letting bother you? You know about the like a feather in the wind. One minute they go there, one minute they go there. And I just go, yeah, you're right. So he can just bring me calm really really quickly so, so yeah oh that's nice what do you have to give him some credit <laughs> well i would probably say what i think you think fiona was gonna say which is wine <laughs> so maybe we could go with when my husband brings me wine yeah he does he does <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i'll go with that as well anyway yeah. good answer Stop. Oh, we've not had this one. What oh, do you great. most like about yourself and why? Oh, my nose. Because I've got a right little nose and all my family have got big noses. So I was quite lucky. But me, but my dad said I stunted its growth because I used to grow up with my hand on my nose, pushing it into my face all the time. So I've got the smallest nose and I, I, I like it. No surgery on my nose. It's like a button. 
when you were rubbing your nose when you were little were you trying to make it small and knowing that the rest of your family had got a big nose yeah probably probably i grew up with this like real problem you know thinking look at them big nose people who are who i've been born into and now i've got a button nose <laughs> who knows <laughs> um just for the record um after this podcast can you send me some photographs of yourselves and we'll do a big highlight on your tiny nose on social yeah. media oh that'll be lovely thank you yeah <laughs> brilliant um, right yeah oh well this is quite appropriate as well where would you like to go on your next family vacation well, we always go every year to Portugal as a family and we're supposed to be going in September and we always stay at the same villa. We've got some beautiful friends over there who are all Portuguese that we've met. We've been going since my son was six months old, so he's nearly 12. So we've been going a long, long time and we're not going to go this year, obviously, because of the coronavirus and everything. Oh, and my daughter's obviously 18. She might not want to come on holiday. And she said to us um, a couple of nights ago, she said, will we be going to Portugal next year? And I said, oh, we'll be going, Gia. But maybe you're 19, you won't want to go. And she says, that is our family place. And I will always be going with you all the time. And that made me really feel happy inside. That the kids think that. Yeah, so definitely to Portugal. Because um, we've got like, it's a little village place there. It's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, where will you be going, Jane? I've no idea where we'll be going. We were supposed to be going to Mexico in August on our first ever two-week holiday. We always go for a week and we never go that far. So it was a bit of a, okay, once in a lifetime, let's splash out type scenario. Obviously, we're not going. We have, we've not paid our balance because we didn't want to risk losing it. Obviously, we're a lot of money. Um so we're looking at the moment to transfer the deposit, but we don't want to go that far afield. We're, in, we're going to go for a week anyway. And the family that we go with, their daughter is doing her GCSEs next year. So wow. that means quite a lot of dates that we can't go anywhere. Um, and we couldn't go for a fortnight. So I don't know where we'll end up, but I definitely want to see some sun. And I'd really like to rearrange my mate's 40th that we're missing and just lie down somewhere with a lot of cocktails and, and no responsibilities for a while. Yeah, well, um, this weekend coming, we were supposed to be in Spain for our friends Yang and Rupa's wedding. Um, obviously, we're not going this weekend because they've had to change the wedding. So that's in October and we've changed the flights and hopefully we'll be able to go. Yeah, fingers crossed. Be all right by then. Yeah, so we've come to the end of the podcast, Fiona. You've been brilliant, very entertaining. If I've somebody... enjoyed myself. Can I put oh. it on my Facebook? Can I put the link on my Facebook when you've done it all? Yeah, you can. We'll send you all that. But in just for our listeners, um, if they want to know more about The Radiator, where, where do they find out? www trustelectricheating.co.uk brilliant <laughs> marvelous and if you, you is the business on social media 
Yes, it's on Facebook and LinkedIn, but I need to spend more time on that, which I do all the marketing, but I've not done anything because I've been working in the business, not on the business. I've got an app for that, Fiona. <laughs> well, I was interested in your apps, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. She's been great, aren't she, Jane? Yeah, amazing. Brilliant to meet you, Fiona. I really hope we can um, actually have that bottles of wine. Oh, no, we definitely need to. But will you give my love to your dad as well, if he remembers me? Will, my, our, our Fiona Cop, then. Fiona right. Cop. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll um, mention you to him. He's getting on a bit, you know, so he might not remember. Mr. Blue Eyes. Mr. Blue Eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's where mine come from. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, lovely to see you. I will pop you. to see you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.